how IIoT is enabling a whole new era of industrial espionage and disruption, some serious flaws in connected pacemakers, and Rapid7's recommendations for security practitioners. These stories and more in this week's ISMG Security Report. Hello, I'm Nick Holland. With the rise of the Industrial Internet of Things, or IIoT, comes a far broader attack surface in the manufacturing sector and a whole new set of potential threats. This week, I got to speak with Chris Morales of Vectra, who outlined findings of a new report on cyber attack trends in the manufacturing sector based on metadata captured from 4 million devices and workloads from customer cloud, data center, and enterprise environments between January and June 2018. Here we discuss how IIoT has radically altered the ability for industrial espionage and disruption to occur. It, it used to be that there was a human that had to come into the factory and manage these devices, but now for supply chain economy and efficiency, it's all online, which means that where the major attacks against manufacturing were cyber espionage, that people wanted to steal manufacturing processes or cause disruption, that they wanted to break a machine, it used to take an insider to do that, and there was a higher cost, and it was expensive. And this comes from like when we've had the movies where you see somebody that would steal a trade secret and then try to fight it to China or something like that. And that's been going on for decades. But now that all these devices are online, it's relatively trivial for somebody to easily just somewhere across the world infiltrate these networks, sit in there for a long time, propagate against all these machines that are already very connected and very chatty with each other and get to data that's already leaving the company. Um, and the same for disruption. It's easy to take a industrial robot, reprogram it, and cause it to create a weak part, for example, like taking a robot and that does spot welding and changing some of the parameters so that its welds just aren't as strong. And again, these are the kind of attacks they've always faced. It's just now with everything enabled and online and with the level of volume of traffic we see in there, talking the internet, it's become extremely easy. And Ironically, yesterday, there was a real case example of this happening with TSMC, which is Taiwan Semiconductor Manufacturing Company. Apparently, they put in a device that they thought was safe. They updated software on it. The software, I believe, had a variant of WannaCry on it. It was the ransomware thing again. And very rapidly, it just propagated against all their fabrication plants and took them out for several days that they're no longer able to function, which is going to cost them, I believe it was somewhere between 1% to 2% of their profits, which as big as they are, we're talking tens to hundreds of millions of dollars. You're listening to the ISMG Security Report on ISMG Radio. ISMG, your number one source for information security news. While on the subject of the industrial Internet of Things, the cybersecurity ramifications of connected devices spread across all industries, including healthcare. While many medical device makers appear to be building better cybersecurity into their new products, some manufacturers are still avoiding fixing vulnerabilities in legacy devices that pose potential safety risks to patients. Among the examples of legacy medical device cybersecurity problems going unfixed are several vulnerabilities that security researcher Billy Rios says he and security researcher Jonathan Butts of QED Secure Solutions identified in the last two years in a number of products from pacemaker manufacturer Medtronic. In an interview with ISMG's executive editor of healthcare info security, Marion Kolbesek-McGee, 
Rios describes the vulnerabilities that they found to be most concerning. The most concerning one that we've discovered is there's actually some weakness in the software delivery and software update mechanisms on the pacemaker programmers themselves. So at some point in time, these programmers reach out to a server that's essentially on the internet to try to download some new software for the programmer itself. And then, as you know, and probably a lot of your listeners know, those programmers are by design to have capability to update the therapy on actual implanted devices like pacemakers and ICDs. And so if a pacemaker programmer were to get compromised, any patient that would be to go into the hospital or, or see their physician, if the physician were to use a compromised programmer, the programmer would actually have the, the ability to change the therapy on the pacemaker itself and change the software on the pacemaker itself as well. So essentially put malware on the pacemaker if they wanted to. So uh, there's a variety of weaknesses associated with their software update mechanism. And those, those issues actually haven't been patched. And so we described the weaknesses in that software delivery mechanism about two years ago. Why it's taking so long for them to update, I'm not sure. They've already acknowledged that there is some patient safety risk associated with these vulnerabilities. If you look at the latest press release from the manufacturer, they say that there's a, a low risk uh, that this could be used against someone, but it does acknowledge that, that, that some risk exists, right, which is a, a change from previous uh, wording that they had in the past. But that's, that's the one that's most concerning. There's a handful of other vulnerabilities that are also pretty concerning. For example, at some point in time, we had the ability to send data to their patient care network and actually change data that's associated with other patients, right? So that's obviously not good. I believe manufacturers patched that issue, uh, and I, I think that's the only issue that's been fixed out of the nine different vulnerabilities that we had reported to them. Finally this week, ISMG Global Director of Programming Editorial and Senior Editor Varun Haran got to speak with Rapid7 Senior Vice President International Growth Richard Mosley. Varun asked him what recommendations he'd make for security practices in 2018. Here's Richard Mosley. So I think really focusing on trying to break down the barriers between IT and security, this idea of, of SecOps, of bridging the gaps. And I think to help organizations you know, speed up the process of remediation, understand their risk, uh, automate and orchestrate in ways perhaps they hadn't done before. I've been really trying to get to a position of understanding their risk and really the integration between security, between DevOps and between IT is more seamless. If you think about the whole development lifecycle of applications. If you think about the way that we need to remediate risk in the organization, there is a three-way communication between security, DevOps, and IT in almost every aspect. And if through technology, we can bridge those gaps and provide remediation workflows, if through incident detection and response, we can provide capabilities between those three groups, if we can embed security within the software development lifecycle, all of those increase our security posture. They reduce the levels of manpower and conflict between the groups and give us a better status and understanding of our risk and the risk profile in the organization. And certainly one big thing that we're hearing from customers is that historically they brought a lot of different and separate, perhaps uh, separated technologies. And now is the time to sew those together through automation and orchestration. And I think if for many companies, if they're able to automate some of those processes of the people and their technology and sew up those technologies together, it dramatically reduces the manpower effort and certainly reduces the risk associated with mistake, errors, etc. So for us, the big two there are our scalps and automation and orchestration. That's it for this week's ISMG Security Report. Theme music is by Ithaca Audio. 
I'm Nick Holland. Catch you next time. Thank you.